Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, November 18th. Shabbat Shalom. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Toldot, and it means generations. Genesis 28, 5-9 Then Isaac sent Jacob off, and he went to Padan Aram to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, mother of Jacob and Esau. When Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him off to Padan Aram to take a wife from there, charging him, as he blessed him, you shall not take a wife from among the Canaanite women, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and mother and gone to Padan Aram. Esau realized that the Canaanite women displeased his father Isaac. So Esau went to Ishmael and took to wife, in addition to the wives he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, son of Abraham, sister of Nebaioth. Ezekiel 37, 1-38, 23 The hand of Hashem came upon me. He took me out by the Spirit of Hashem and set me down in the valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them, and there were very many of them spread over the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, O mortal, can these bones live again? And I replied, O Hashem, only you know. And he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of Hashem. Thus said Hashem to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, 
and you shall live again. I will lay sinews upon you, and cover you with flesh, and form skin over you, and I will put breath into you, and you shall live again, and you shall know that I am Hashem. I prophesied as I had been commanded, and while I was prophesying suddenly, there was a sound of rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone, matching. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had grown, and skin had formed over them, but there was no breath in them. He then said to me, Prophesy to the breath, Prophesy, O mortal, say to the breath, Thus said Hashem, Come, O breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live again. I prophesied as he commanded me. The breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast multitude. And he said to me, These bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, our hope is gone, we are doomed. Prophesy therefore and say to them, Thus said Hashem, I am going to open your graves and lift you out of your graves, O my people, and bring you to the land of Israel. You shall know, O my people, that I am Hashem, when I have opened your graves and lifted you out of your graves. I will put my breath into you, and you shall live again, and I will set you upon your own soil. Then you shall know that I, Hashem, have spoken and have acted, declares Hashem. The word of Hashem came to me, And you, O mortal, take a stick and write on it of Yehuda and the Israelites associated with them, and take another stick and write on it of Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and all the house of Israel associated with him. Bring them close to each other so that they become one stick joined together in your hand. And when any of your people ask you, Won't you tell us what these actions of yours mean? Answer them, Thus said Hashem, I am going to take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and of the tribes of Israel associated with him, and I will place the stick of Yehuda upon it, and make them into one stick, and they shall be joined in my hand. You shall hold up before their eyes the sticks which you have inscribed, and you shall declare to them, Thus said Hashem, I am going to take B'nai Israel from among the nations they have gone to, and gather them from every quarter, and I will bring them to their own land. I will make them a single nation in the land, on the hills of Israel, and one king shall be king of them all. Never again shall they be two nations, and never again shall they be divided into two kingdoms. Nor shall they ever again defile themselves by their fetishes and idols and their abhorrent things and by their other transgressions. I will save them in all their settlements where they sinned, and I will cleanse them. Then they shall be my people, and I will be their God. 
My servant David shall be king over them. There shall be one shepherd for all of them. They shall follow my rules and faithfully obey my laws. Thus they shall remain in the land which I gave to my servant Jacob, and in which your fathers dwelt. They and their children and their children's children shall dwell there forever, with my servant David as their prince for all time. I will make a covenant of friendship with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish them and multiply them, and I will place my sanctuary among them forever. My presence shall rest over them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And when my sanctuary abides among them forever, the nations shall know that I, Hashem, do sanctify Israel. The word of Hashem came to me, O mortal, turn your face toward Gog of the land of Magog, to the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. Prophesy against him, and say, Thus said Hashem, Lo, I am coming to deal with you, O Gog, chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. I will turn you around and put hooks in your jaws, and lead you out with all your army, horses, and horsemen, all of them clothed in splendor, a vast assembly, all of them with bucklers and shields wielding swords. Among them shall be Persia, Nubia, and Put, everyone with shield and helmet, Gomer and all its cohorts, Beth Togarma in the remotest parts of the north, and all its cohorts, the many peoples with you. Be ready, prepare yourselves, you and all the battalions mustered about you, and hold yourself in reserve for them. After a long time, you shall be summoned. In the distant future, you shall march against the land of a people restored from the sword, gathered from the midst of many peoples against the mountains of Israel, which have long lain desolate. A people liberated from the nations and now all dwelling secure. You shall advance, coming like a storm. You shall be like a cloud covering the earth, you and all your cohorts and the many peoples with you. Thus said Hashem, on that day a thought will occur to you and you will conceive a wicked design. You will say, I will invade a land of open towns. I will fall upon a tranquil people living secure, all of them living in unwalled towns and lacking bars and gates, in order to take spoil and seize plunder, to turn your hand against repopulated wastes and against a people gathered from among nations, acquiring livestock and possessions, living at the center of the earth. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants and all the magnates of Tarshish will say to you, Have you come to take spoil? Is it to seize plunder that you have assembled your hordes, to carry off silver and gold, to make off with livestock and goods, to gather an immense booty? Therefore prophesy, O mortal, and say to Gog, Thus said Hashem, Surely, On that day, when my people Israel are living secure, you will take note, and you will come 
from your home in the farthest north, you and many peoples with you, all of them mounted on horses, a vast horde, a mighty army. And you will advance upon my people Israel like a cloud covering the earth. This shall happen on that distant day. I will bring you to my land, that the nations may know me when before their eyes I manifest my holiness through you, O Gog. Thus said Hashem, Why are you the one I spoke of in ancient days through my servants, the Nevi'im of Israel, who prophesied for years in those days that I would bring you against them? On that day, when Gog sets foot on the soil of Israel, declares Hashem, My raging anger shall flare up. For I have decreed in my indignation and in my blazing wrath, on that day a terrible earthquake shall befall the land of Israel. The fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the beasts of the field, all creeping things that move on the ground, and every human being on earth shall quake before me. Mountains shall be overthrown, cliffs shall topple, and every wall shall crumble to the ground. I will then summon the sword against him throughout my mountains, declares Hashem, and every man's sword shall be turned against his brother. I will punish him with pestilence and with bloodshed, and I will pour out torrential rain, hailstones, and sulfurous fire upon him and his hordes and the many peoples with him. Thus will I manifest my greatness and my holiness and make myself known in the sight of many nations, and they shall know that I am Hashem. James 1, 19-2, Wherefore, my James, beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. Therefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a mirror, and he beholds himself and goes his way, and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty, and continues therein, He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridles not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion, and undefiled before God and the Father, is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. 
My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Yeshua, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring, in godly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and you have respect to him that wears the gay clothing, and say to him, Sit here in a good place, and then you say to the poor, Stand there in the back, or sit here under my footstool. Are you not then partial in yourselves and are becoming judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, has not God chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to them that love him? But you have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which you are called? If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point He is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now if you commit no adultery, yet if you kill, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and do so, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that has showed no mercy. And mercy rejoices against judgment. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and has no works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Psalm 117, 1 and 2 Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all you people. For His merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise ye the Lord. Proverbs 28 1. The wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I want to speak to you today out of the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. And there's a lot to unpack in that particular chapter. I'm not going to jump into 38, because that's a whole other topic. But we're going to zoom in on chapter 37. And it's broken out into two parts. And in the first part, we see Ezekiel has a vision of a whole bunch of dried up, scattered, dry bones. And the Lord speaks to him and says, Ezekiel, what do you see? And asks him, can these dry bones live? And he replies, oh God, only you know. And then the Lord tells him to prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
and I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live again. And I'm going to put sinews on you and cover you with flesh and put skin over you, and I'll put breath into you, and you shall live again, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So he prophesied that over the valley of dry bones, and an amazing thing happened. The dry bones began to self-assemble bone upon bone. They all came together and skin and flesh, and there was a huge, exceedingly great army. But they hadn't started breathing just yet. So then the Lord tells him to prophesy to the breath and speak to the bones and let the breath come into these bones. So what do these bones represent? A lot of misunderstanding happens because we don't think clearly about what the words mean and their definitions. So we have the word Israel, we have the word Judah, and we have the word the whole house of Israel. So the Bible um, interprets itself. And in verse 10, no, in verse 11, we, the Bible tells us who these bones are. In verse 11, it says, And he said to me, O mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Now, what is the whole house of Israel? Remember in 1 Kings chapter 12, we had a kingdom split between Rehoboam and Jeroboam. And Jeroboam became the leader of the northern kingdom of Israel. And he took ten tribes with him. They are the non-Jewish part of Israel. And they are called the house of Joseph, or the house of Ephraim, or they're also called the house of Israel. And then the southern kingdom, led by Rehoboam, is Judah, the house of Judah, also known as the Jews. And that kingdom split ultimately will one day be healed, repaired, and restored, and there'll just be one united kingdom. But for centuries, there's been this huge chasm and split between Jews and Christians. And in fact, for many centuries, many church forefathers persecuted the Jewish people in pogroms, in inquisitions, in crusades, and in the Holocaust. Uh, many of the German Nazis wore belt buckles that said in German, in God we trust, as they're murdering millions of Jews. So the bones are scattered. They represent the whole house of Israel. And now they're starting to assemble. Instead of being scattered, they're starting to congregate and come together. And there's this tremendous army. And he breathes, he prays and speaks out the word, the breath of life to come upon them. And so then a great and living army is standing before them. And in verse 12, it says, Prophesy therefore and say to them, Thus said Hashem, I am going to open your graves and lift you out of the graves, O my people, and bring you to the land of Israel. Now, if you've ever been to Israel, to Jerusalem, and visited Yad Vashem, that is the Holocaust Museum, it's a very, very powerful uh, museum. 
it, it, it's very impactful. But as you exit and you leave, there's a courtyard that you walk across. And then there are some pillars with um, a top uh, bar going across the top. And on it is inscribed that scripture. I'm going to open your graves and lift you out of the graves, O my people, and bring you to the land of Israel. And literally, out of the ashes of the Holocaust, the nation of Israel was reborn. And out of the death of six million precious Jewish souls, a whole nation was rebirthed. And immediately, once they were rebirthed in May of 1948, within 24 hours, the nation was at war. The Arab world attacked them. And so, in some ways, um, this prophecy has been fulfilled, but not in all of its fullness. So, we see in phase one that the land, that the nation was rebirthed, and it became a place, a safe place for Jews to escape persecution a place to go where it's their own nation, their own people. And right now, the Jewish people have just experienced Holocaust 2.0 with what happened on October the 7th, the heinous and horrific massacre that occurred. And Jew hatred is rising up all over the world. It's virulent and it's cancerous. And just this very week, at the time of this recording, there was a demonstration in L.A. And on one side of the street was pro-Hamas protesters. I don't know how you can be pro-Hamas because they are butchers, they're ISIS, they're Nazis, they're heartless and cruel. And then on the other side of the street, you have pro-Israel protesters or demonstrators. And there was one 69-year-old Jewish man who got too close to the pro-Hamas protesters, and there was an altercation, and a man with a megaphone, apparently he's some kind of a college professor, hit him on the head with the microphone, with the megaphone. And the man fell, hit his head on the pavement, and he died. And no one's been arrested. No one has been charged. It's like, oh, well, a Jewish life, it's cheap. I, I, I'm just, I can't believe no one has been arrested. No one has been charged. The man died from his injury, from being assaulted and hit on the head with a megaphone. And so this Jew hatred is here. It's now. It's all over the earth. It's in all the countries. And um, it, we're, we're coming into a time of uh, Holocaust 2.0. And, and Christians must stand with Jews right now at this time. Because God loves them. They are his people. Yeshua was Jewish. These are his family. And so we must stand with them. Um, but I want to continue on now back into this chapter. And in the second part of the chapter, it's a different picture. It's a picture now of two sticks. And in um, one of the sticks, it, it has written on it of Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and the house of Israel. And then on the other stick is of Judah. 
And so these two sticks represent the two kingdoms. Judah is the southern kingdom, the Jews. Joseph is the northern kingdom, the non-Jews. And they've been two separate kingdoms. There was that initial kingdom split. And there was rebellion and disunity and discord. And what God is saying through this picture, he's saying, I want you to write these things on these two sticks. And then he goes on to say in verse 19, I am going to take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, that's the northern kingdom, and of the tribes of Israel associated with him, and I will place the stick of Judah upon it and make them into one stick, and they shall be joined in my hand. Now, how is it that that God can do that with Jews and Christians? Because the big gulf, the big canyon that often separates them is the issue of Yeshua. That Christians, born-again Christians, believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. He died on the cross. He rose again. He's returning a second time. Um, In Judaism, Orthodox Jews, they believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel. They believe in all of the Old Testament, um, also known as the Hebrew Scriptures or the Torah, um, but the New Testament, well, that's part that's part of the Christian Bible. It's not part of the Jewish Bible. And so how is it possible for that gap to be bridged? Well, it's called mutual respect. It's it's if we're going to walk together and work together and fellowship together and be friends, we're going to to take this um principle of walking in mutual respect. And what does that mean? It means when I'm going to interact with Jewish people, I am not going to try to proselytize or convert them to Christianity or put Yeshua on the table in front of them. That's for the Holy Spirit to do in his way and in his time. And they're not going to try to proselytize me and try to get me to convert to Judaism. We're not going to have an agenda like that. We're simply going to be fellow brothers and sisters, and we're going to walk together on the ground that we have in common. What is that ground that we have in common? We all love the God of Israel. We all love the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we love, God calls us Christians to love Israel, the land, and the people. Because they are the apple of his eye, and he's made covenants with them that are irrevocable, irreversible, and eternal. And there's a passage in Jeremiah 31 that talks about how, okay, look up at the sun and the moon and the stars. And if ever the sun and the moon and the stars stop shining in the sky, that's when my covenant will end with Judah, with Israel. So, in other words, he's saying, this covenant is forever. It is eternal. And so here, what does it look like for the two sticks to become one? Well, we are seeing some unprecedented things happening right now during this Hamas-Israeli war. Jews and Christians are coming together in unprecedented ways. Um, On Monday... November the 
on Monday, November the 6th, there was a special National Day of Prayer event that occurred in the Great Synagogue of Jerusalem. And it had been 30 days since the massacre. And so Israel 365 hosted this event in the Great Synagogue in Jerusalem. And what was unprecedented was there were both Jewish and Christian leaders that spoke from the pulpit and that prayed from the pulpit. That has never happened before. That's new. That's new ground that has been broken for Jews and Christians at that level uh, to pray together with one mind, one heart, and one accord. Also, another, I, I would say, like a tip of the spear of new ground that has been broken is um, I'm going to mention the Land of Israel Fellowship led by uh, Jeremy Gimpel and Ari Abramovitz. And so when the pandemic hit back in 2020 and everything was shut down, locked down, stay in place, can't travel, mask up, all that nonsense, um, they live in the Judean hills south of Jerusalem in the very places where David once was when he wrote the Psalms. And the Aragot farm where they live uh, was a destination place for tourists to come to. So now people couldn't come. And so they had to really think outside the box. And so they decided, we're going to start a fellowship online, a virtual fellowship. And they use Zoom as their uh, platform. And we're going to invite Christians to fellowship with us. And we're going to study the Torah together. And I'm talking the written Torah, not the oral Torah. And so they, each week, they invite people to join them on their Zoom fellowship on Sunday mornings for an hour to take a look at what that Torah portion is. And so Christians of many denominations from all over the world, from many different countries, hundreds of them have joined this fellowship, and I'm part of that fellowship. And it has been awesome and wonderful because for the first time in centuries, Jews are inviting us non-Jews to come to the table and let's study the Bible together. Let's study the scriptures together. No strings, no hidden agenda. Let's just study the word together. And then, of course, since the war broke out, it has been amazing to be with them because we're hearing firsthand reports with boots on the ground of what's really going on in the land. And our, we're family. We are truly family. So to me, this is another example of what does it look like for the two sticks to come together and begin to become one. Now, it's a process. It's not a one-time event. It is a process that is unfolding. And the issue of Mashiach, well, we set that aside. We're not going to let that be something that divides us. And we let the Lord work that out in his way and in his time. And in the meantime, we are enjoying rich, deep, wonderful fellowship with each other. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. I, I encourage you, uh, if you're interested, check it out. It's, uh, the, the website is thelandofisraelfellowship.com, and you can join and become a member 
of that fellowship. It meets on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.